What's good, Austin? This is your host, Corey Tabor, the Purpose Partner and Founder of Triple I Coaching, where we are informing, instructing, and inspiring you to fulfill your purpose. I am so excited to introduce our new podcast, What's Good, Austin? A podcast designed to highlight the good work that people are doing in our community. You know, I've lived in Austin for over 25 years since moving here from Abilene, Texas to attend the University of Texas. Hook them horns. I love our community, and I want you to know about many of the good things that are happening in our city. So many of our media outlets thrive on the challenging things that are happening in our city, like record-breaking homicides, a high population of residents experiencing homelessness, and the traffic. Let's not start talking about the traffic. With all the challenges we see on a daily basis, we need a hope shot, something that will inspire us to partner together to see the change we want to see in our city by being the change we want to see in our city. So I will be interviewing people who are doing good work in the business and nonprofit sectors, as well as in our education and faith communities. We might even interview a few celebrities because they tend to love Austin too. There's an often quoted slogan that says, keep Austin weird. Well, we're going to keep Austin winning by focusing on the good work we're seeing in our city. Now, I need you to go to your preferred podcast platform and subscribe to What's Good Austin. Then share this podcast with your friends, family members, co-workers, and your crazy cousins. Let's kick off 2022 with a bang. Focus on looking forward to seeing the journey that we can have together as we discover what is good in our city and partner together to make Austin even greater. Again, this is your host, Corey Tabor, The Purpose Partner. Until next time, remember to love your family, be a good neighbor, and make a deposit in someone else's life today. And this is your host, Corey Tabor, the Purpose Partner and Founder of Triple I Coaching, where we are informing, instructing, and inspiring you to fulfill your purpose. I am so excited to introduce our new podcast, What's Good Austin, a podcast designed to highlight the good work that people are doing in our community. You know, I've lived in Austin for over 25 years since moving here from Abilene, Texas to attend the University of Texas. Hook them horns. I love our community, and I want you to know about many of the good things that are happening in our city. So many of our media outlets thrive on the challenging things that are happening in our city, like record-breaking homicides, a high population of residents experiencing homelessness, and the traffic. Let's not start talking about the traffic. With all the challenges we see on a daily basis, we need a hope shot, something that will inspire us to partner together to see the change we want to see in our city by being the change we want to see in our city. So I will be interviewing people who are doing good work in the business and nonprofit sectors, as well as in our education and faith communities. We might even interview a few celebrities because they tend to love Austin too. There's an often quoted slogan that says, keep Austin weird. Well, we're going to keep Austin winning by focusing on the good work we're seeing in our city. 
Now I need you to go to your preferred podcast platform and subscribe to What's Good Austin. Then share this podcast with your friends, family members, co-workers, and your crazy cousins. Let's kick off 2022 with a bang. Focus on looking forward to seeing the journey that we can have together as we discover what is good in our city and partner together to make Austin even greater. Again, this is your host, Corey Tabor, the Purpose Partner. Until next time, remember to love your family, be a good neighbor, and make a deposit in someone else's life today. What's good, Austin? This is your host, Corey Tabor, the Purpose Partner and founder of Triple I Coaching, where we are informing, instructing, and inspiring you to fulfill your purpose. I'm so excited to have our first guest today for our What's Good Austin podcast, my friend, brother, and dare I say mentor, uh, Joseph Dusty McCormick, who works with the city of Austin in their economic development uh, department as a liaison. And so I'm excited to have you, Dusty. Welcome to the show, my friend. Glad to be here. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. Uh, no problem. You are what is good about Austin. And so we're going to start off with our uh, Austin and you rapid fire questions. So these are just some quick questions. People okay. get to know you real quickly. So tell me, how long have you lived in Austin? Uh, right about almost 32 years. 32 years. Okay. What brought you to Austin? Uh, I was um, to, I was leaving San Antonio. I was actually had lost my apartment. Uh, I was uh, paying back in those days $250 a month for an apartment. Okay, can you believe that price? $250 wow. a month for an apartment. And I was unemployed uh, or underemployed, I should say, and I lost my apartment. And uh, I needed to find find work. And so I headed out, uh, packed my car, and, and headed uh, north on I 35 on my way to St. Louis. A friend of mine called me on the way and said, Hey, I think they got a job for you over at the uh, Austin area, Urban League. Why don't you go over there and check it out and see what you what you can find? And I did. Got the job on the spot. Hey, and the best the rest is uh, you know I've been here the whole time. So you know it was it was a it was a, I think the thing I was supposed to do, uh, but had no idea it was going to uh, transpire the way that it did. Oh man, that is awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about what you love about Austin. Man, I love the environment. I love the weather. Number one, uh, with the exception of last year's weather. Uh, around February the fifteenth, you know, I don't, right. I don't particularly care for that. I've I've had enough of that in my life, having lived in uh, North Dakota, Minot, North Dakota, to be to be exact, which is one of the uh, the coldest uh, cities in the nation every year. Uh, and then from there, went to Chicago, uh, and I was or just south of Chicago, I was saying, uh, and I was stationed at a base called Chinook Air Force Base, and uh, and that's you know six years there, you know. Right. Four years up in North Dakota, six years in, in uh, just south of Chicago. I had enough of cold, and so when I got out of the military, I wanted to, I wanted warm weather. So I headed directly south. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And what would like, you say is your favorite place to be in Austin? It's a beautiful city, lots of places to be. What is your favorite place to be in our city? I love being on the lake. I love being on the lake. Um, you know, they've got a place called Mozart, which is right down on uh, on Lake Austin. I go down there on a regular basis and just chill out, man. It, it, you know, me and the water and 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 and, uh, and my personality just kind of mesh together. You know, so so just, I can sit there and just, you know, especially on a nice warm day with a little breeze, I can I can just you know, allow myself to go off into the sunset, you know, right. and not worry about anything. Yeah, I love that though. Yeah, we love Mozart's man. Uh, Mozart's is where I asked my wife to be my girlfriend. 
Oh, really? Okay. Okay. 1999. All right. 37 p.m. Central Standard Time. <laughs> okay. All right. I know she likes to know that you have those details. <laughs> oh, man. I'm an archivist, man. I remember all the details. Uh, Very good. And we go back, you know, for special events. You know, remember her mom who passed a number of years ago. They used to love to go there during spring break and South by Southwest. Uh, what would you say is your favorite restaurant in Austin? Because, you know, we love to eat in Texas. So what's well, your favorite restaurant? I'm a, and I'm a foodie, so I don't know that I have a favorite restaurant necessarily. Uh, I'm a guy that just loves to uh, eat. But one of my one of my restaurants that I like to eat at is Sawyer's, uh, which is right out on just east of uh, Cesar Chavez. Okay. Uh, and uh, it has been a restaurant that uh, I helped to uh, finance okay. uh, at the city of Austin. But they have some good kind of uh, Cajun you know, Creole food and, and that type of thing. Uh, you know, and, and um, but I, I mean, I'm, like I say, I'm a foodie. I eat all kinds of food, Indian food, soul food, Mexican food, Asian food. You know, I love it. You know, um, I even have a favorite restaurant that I've been going to. Uh, it's located in San Antonio. And I've been going to that restaurant probably close to 35 years. Uh, and it's called the Acadiana Cafe. And it's a Cajun Creole cafe, uh, restaurant, but they have wonderful food and they've been open. Uh, all this time, and so, uh, but uh, yeah, I eat, I eat anywhere and just about anything. My motto is whenever I fly into a new city, uh, within two hours of touchdown, I'm in the most authentic restaurant in that city, the most authentic restaurant. Yeah, well, that's a great way to experience cities, and I think that's the way a lot of people experience Austin when they come here for South by Southwest, or they come here for Austin City Limits Festival, or the Circuit of the Americas race, or they just come to visit the University of Texas right. for a game. They love the food here. And uh, so my hope is over the year to build a list of all these guests' favorite restaurants. And then I'm going to try to go and do some food tasting and see if they'll put it on the What's Good Austin tab. You know what I'm Man, saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'll that be a thing to do. That'll be yeah. a thing to do. But yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, um, tell us a little bit about what you do um, and how you got started uh, with this part of your career. Well, now, I, you know, these days I'm, I'm in the economic development field, um, and that's, you know, really the, the creation of jobs. That's, economic development is defined as the creation of jobs, basically. You know, and you're trying to help cities or counties or states, you know, create jobs for skilled uh, workers so that workers can uh, have uh, a, a quality of life uh, and can have uh, the kind of quality of life that, uh, that they can, you know, pay for a room, room and board, you know, house, and the kids go to school with clothes on their backs and, and, and all those things, have a car in the front yard and transportation and that type of thing. And so you're really trying to help them uh, have the quality of life that they need. And so we do that through through programs and uh, uh, ways by which small businesses. And so that's what I do. I, I, right now, specifically, I interact with a lot of the, the minority chambers of commerce, you know, and contract with us at the city of Austin. And they do economic development work within those sectors of the community that they particularly have a uh, an avenue in. So we're talking about the Greater Austin Black Chamber, Greater Austin Asian Chamber, Greater Austin Hispanic Chamber, and the LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and so all of those are chambers that we interact with. Um, I'm mainly a, 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 the contract manager. And so uh, they do work for us and uh, they have eyes and ears that we don't have and you know have feet that go places that we we can't get to because we don't have the staff uh but they uh, they do a good job for us they're our partners in economic development 
Well, I love that collaboration. I think that that is something that this show is about, but it's really something I've been about my whole life. I really believe in partnering with existing organizations to bring about quality work in our community. And so I'm glad that you are able to, as an employee of the city, work with these organizations that are strategically working to reach their um, community of interest or their focus area and see the transformation there. So tell me a little bit about the critical turning points or point in your life that have placed you on this trajectory. Because you haven't always been doing this role of economic development. Either. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good good question. Um, I, when I came out of, uh, of college, I was um, kind of uh, commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Air Force. Okay. So I went into the military and uh, and I spent 11 years in the military. I was a uh, uh, combat crew commander. Uh, I didn't mind out Air Force Base in North Dakota. In other words, I I turned keys on the on the missiles and that type of thing. And so we were on alerts on a regular basis, but I did that. And then I went into administration, uh, base administration, uh, into budgeting and administrating uh, of the various uh, of troops and that type of thing. And then uh, and then I got out after after a while. Uh, and then um, you know when I got out, I was on the heels uh, of some unfortunate events in my life. First of all, I was separating from the military. Okay, and so. You know, being in the military, you sometimes are in a in a bubble, and you're not necessarily impacted on what the rest of the civilian uh, population is impacted by. And so I, you know, uh, exited the Air Force, and all of a sudden, bam, I'm there. You know, it's kind of like, okay, what do you do next? I'd always, you know, applied for a number of jobs. I think 100, maybe somewhere around uh, 75 to 100 jobs. Didn't get not not a job, not not one job. Okay, not at all. And and so uh, you know, so I basically fell flat on my face, uh, and it was on the heels of a divorce at the same time. Okay, changing changing jobs, industry, so to speak. You know, didn't get a job. You know, so I fell flat on my face, became homeless. Um, the, uh, the whole shebang, and uh, that's when I say when I lost my apartment. I was in San Antonio at that time, and uh, but I was on my way trying to you know get to a certain place in life. And while I was there in San Antonio, I got. Uh, I did have a short stint with a, uh, a nonprofit organization that allowed me to teach some youth and uh, some of these were at-risk youth that uh, had, you know, had, had flunked uh, or had, had been uh, held back in their grades uh, mm -hmm. one, two, and sometimes even three years. Mm -hmm. So it was a situation of trying to get them to see beyond their environment, to be able to dream about opportunities you know, they, they, they could reach. And and so I wanted to talk to them, uh, teach them about economic development. What does it really mean? You know, come out of your, your neighborhood and let's see what the world has to offer you. You have a skill, you have a passion for something. I know you do because right. I see a twinkle in the eye. And so let's figure out how, how to get that done. And so that's what we did. So I got into economic development by way of trying to show them what economic development was about in the city of San Antonio. And that stuck with me. Uh, and then also the fact that I was unemployed and homeless at one point in time. And right. so that in and of itself, I, you know, that was really an issue for me. Uh, I came to Austin, uh, you know, got one job and then that I was, that was a temporary job uh, at the Austin area Urban League, but I was I'm very thankful to, for having that job. Right. And then um, I was unemployed again. And then I got on with the state of Texas and guess where I was in the economic development department of the state of Texas. And so I was, I was you know, excited to be there. Uh, and that's kind of what, what kind of got me into economic development on, on that trajectory. Um, I had a passion for creating people who uh, who wanted to make it in life. Youth, it matters, youth or adults, 
you know, and that type of, it just didn't matter. I wanted to make sure I was able to help folks. I have a helping kind of attitude. And so economic development was my leverage point to be able to do that. And I could help a lot of folk at the same time. When you turn that crank, it wasn't one of the two, but you could, you know, you get a lot of folks some help by helping uh, one or two uh, businesses at the same time. Man, that's an amazing story to hear, uh, especially considering this is the reality of many people in our communities are literally one check away from experiencing homelessness. And uh, it's something that our city has done some strategic things to try to work towards alleviating and reducing the people that are experiencing that. But what your story shows us is that that season is not the end, uh, right. but it often can be a new beginning uh, with the opportunities that are coming uh, down the pipeline. So um, talk to me a little bit about like, the, the boards that you currently serve on today and, and what has caused you to be involved in these boards in particular? Well, you know, um, I serve on the MIDI Foundation. The MIDI Foundation is a board that uh, is an educational uh, organization. We supply funding for students who are matriculating um, to college uh, and, and many of those students have a disability. And so we're in the process of uh, giving them scholarships to get them where they need to be at. And, uh, and so that's a it helps me with my youth uh, perspective. I like dealing with youth, you know, and uh, and so that's a that's a board I'm excited about being on. Um, it's also I'm on the National Forum for Black Public Administrators, and so I'm on the national board for that one. And uh, you know, I've been in that organization for a number of years, um, and that board organization is about helping African Americans get to senior level positions in public administration. Uh, having been a chapter president. Having been the president of the council of presidents, having been now on the national board, I get a chance to, you know, develop programs uh, that uh, are nationally uh, recognized and and uh, affect, you know, some 30, 40 different chapters across the United States. And so that is a, uh, an organization I really uh, enjoy. And then lastly, uh, this thing that uh, you know, this thing of homelessness, you know, kind of keeps comes back to me every now and then. I served on, um, I still serve on what is called the Lions Garden Senior Housing Facility Board. Uh, we created some, I want to say 15 years ago, uh, 54 units of senior housing for elderly, uh, elderly persons within the city of Austin. There was no, uh, there was a shortage of, of, of housing for them. And so we created uh, that uh, opportunity for them and it is still standing. Uh, if you go there now, you'll see my name. Um, and, and my name and with others, you know, on a plaque there and uh, as one of the, as, you know, maybe not the founder or anything like that, but as one of the ones to develop that and bring that to fruition. And we're about to look and start a second, uh, particular, uh, a second unit uh, with about 60 units of housing as well. And so I'm excited about what, that, what that's all about. So those three areas kind of go, you know, those kind of in my areas of interest, you know, economic development, public administration, uh, youth development, all those things. Awesome, man. Um, well, it's so good to hear the way you're giving back and serving beyond your job. I, I had a job one time and uh, they saw that I was doing so much in the community and they were asking me, you know, why do you do all the things you do outside of your work? I said, the community I was raised in, that was just normal. Like you gave back because of what you have been given. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a family where we went to church seven days a week. So having a free night in the week to do something to me was a privilege, you know, so I could sit on a board here and there and, you know, be able to give back for, you know, a meeting once a month. So I think if all of the people in our city 
could say yes to one thing that they could commit to beyond their job, giving back to our community, whether it be sitting on a board of directors for a nonprofit or serving on a schoolhouse foundation or participating in a, a nonprofit in their community, that our city would continue to grow to have the kind of value where we can, again, be the change we want to see in the world. Uh, we know that everybody's still experiencing this pandemic. Uh, what is Austin doing for businesses around the unemployment issue related to the pandemic, but even beyond the pandemic? Well, we are, we have, the city of Austin, the Economic Development Department has rolled out about $50 million plus of funding for small businesses, nonprofits, uh, and uh, and for uh, for as, as well as employees, uh, we are you know attuned to knowing that uh, our small businesses are the bedrock uh, behind which our uh, uh, quality of life for the citizens that we have here in the, in the city uh, that's what they stand on, and so we are about helping them make it, and so we have done that uh, and and we've done it in good fashion, and we're rather. Uh, we're getting ready to uh, reapply uh, for another set of uh, funding so that we can uh, roll out some more money in 2022. Uh, we have, if you go to uh, atxrecovers.com, atxrecovers, oh, excuse me, atxrecovers.gov, G-O-V, uh, you'll find that there's about 14 lines of uh, what I call programs that deal with funding for nonprofits or small businesses or employees or whatever it may be. And so there you can find uh, your area of need and your area where well, you have an area of need, but area of interest, and you can click on there and find a little bit more about what that's all about and then be able to get some information. Uh, we have uh, uh, people that are on uh, staff. You can call 311 uh, and ask for uh, information about uh, what's you know, what's happening with, with uh, our programs and There'll be someone who will call you back within 24 hours, uh, and so we, you know, we have a number. We're trying our best to be there for our our citizens. Uh, there are a lot of hurting people, uh, and uh, we're just trying our best to be there for them. Well, that's great. I mean, I think one of the things we've realized is that this pandemic has highlighted some of the realities that many people have experienced in general. Uh, but now folks who have never experienced uh, either job loss or, or challenges related to that are, are starting to experience that. And um, for the Economic Development Department to focus on providing funding, which is often what is needed for these businesses to continue hiring, it, it, it's great. Right. I want to get into a couple of things related to um, just kind of what you're going to do moving forward and kind of what you have experienced in, in your career at this point. Uh, first of all, what role did education play in you getting to where you are today? Well, I went to an HBCU, uh, Fayetteville State University in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, and um, I uh, matriculated through there. Uh, uh, when I left there, I had a business degree in, in hand uh, and also had a commission as a lieutenant uh, in the military. And so I took that and um, I tried my best to, uh, to utilize it and um, had uh, success in the military. Um, but had to get out as well. And so I exited the military, but uh, I was able to, before I got out, I was able to acquire my uh, Master's of Arts in Business uh, Management. And then um, after maybe a couple of years after that, I was able to get an MBA, uh, Master's of Business Administration. And so I, I hold those uh, degrees now and uh, uh, I'm eyeing the possibility of going back to school at some point in time as well. So 
but uh, they played a, a, a very good part in my understanding of what you know of business. Uh, you know, just the the, the operation of business. Um, when I am sitting with a a prospect uh, that we want to possibly fund, uh, I you know being able to talk the language and speak the language and understand what that business owner is going through, what uh, some of their needs uh, and that type of thing. I understand that because of that business degree. Uh, I'm not saying that someone else would not be able to do that, but that that was some of the training that I had, and I was able to bring that to the table. And so uh, those are the kinds of things that I, that I have uh, today. And so I, I lean on those very heavily. And then in, the, uh, in addition, uh, you know, there's economic development training that we are able to take from time to time uh, that helps us uh, learn more about uh, current day businesses and what they're doing these days. And so uh, those things are positive uh, and it helps us on our professional development. Yeah, I think one of the things I talk about in my coaching program is that education is not just learning information, which I think you're communicating, but it's also learning how to learn so you can continue to educate yourself. Exactly. You know, a business degree from University of Fayetteville, um, when you received it, would not provide all the information you need today. Right. But when you add the Master of Arts in Business, you add the MBA, and then you add the continuing education with economic development, but just the experience of continuing to do what you do, gleaning information from other people, whether it be clients who are working with the city or just being around people in the in the sector. There's a formal education role, there's an informal education role. Yes. So much of that, I think, is gleaned from our community. And so what role do you feel like your family and kind of like your extended community growing up played in your ability to be where you are today? Uh, my, my father was a military uh, man, and so you know I wanted to follow him um, uh, in the, into the military. Uh, but he had one condition. He said uh, I was an enlisted person uh, and an enlisted officer in the military, and I want you to be an officer in the military. He says um, uh, the things I had to go through, I don't want you to have to go through. Um, and being in the officer rank uh, would afford you some privileges that uh, he didn't. He said he did not have. Um, he was, uh, you know, he had been um, uh, uh, working for a famous general, General LeMay, uh, which was uh, one of the famous generals uh, in World War, one of the World Wars. And uh, during the time that the Tuskegee Airmen was up in the air, and uh, he tells a, a, a story about that and about how his heart was broken when they grounded the Tuskegee Airmen uh, for no real reason, no real reason. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but it was, it was, uh, you know, he was there in the room, he was an orderly, he was, a, he was the aide for the, for the general. And so he was listening to some of the conversations that were going on around with the, the big table with all these generals. And so he was able to, uh, to hear some things and see some things. And, uh, but it was, uh, man, you know, I always talk about the fact that, uh, you know, there's always a ram in the bush. So the Skiki Airmen were escorting our bombers across enemy lines all right to do bomb runs okay and they grounded them well when they grounded them other pilots who were non-african-american happened to be the ones who were chosen to go up with them and and the bombers after about two or three runs said look i don't care what you don't like about them i don't care what they what they look like we want them back up escorting us because when they escort us we go home 
And so they were able to get back up in the air. Uh, and uh, he tells that story so proudly. Uh, he's gone now, but he tells it so proudly uh, that uh, I never forgot it. And so, um, you know, it was just those kinds of things that he experienced in life that, uh, that uh, shaped his view uh, and it shaped mine, you know. And so he, he wasn't in business. He wasn't a businessman. You know, uh, my mother was a stay-at-home mother. Uh, he was the enlisted man in the military. We traveled, though. Uh, that was one of the things I got out of the, out of uh, being with him. We traveled. I stayed in France for, for three years. I was in uh, Germany for a while. Uh, and those experiences outside of the United States, those experiences were good. You get a chance to see a plethora of people who who, who either don't look like you or do look like you, but speak a different language. Right. You know, and you find out what's really important in life. What it really boils down to, you know, you want the same thing they want, and they want the same thing they want out of life, which is, you know, happiness, pursuit of happiness, and quality of life, and that type of thing. Really. And so I had a chance to do that, uh, and uh, got had some real good friends as I was growing up. And then when I was in the military, I also traveled overseas. I was in Turkey uh, for uh, for a year, and you know, uh, I visited Istanbul. And Istanbul, they talk about New York being the uh, the melting part of the world. Got nothing on Istanbul. Wow. Uh, that's an old trading post. Okay. okay. Biblical. It's biblical. Right. It's, old, it's an old trading port. And, and so when you, when you, I mean, it's such a huge city. And then when you stand up or kind of away from it on the bluff and look at the city and over in the distance, you see the nomads coming in on camelback. Okay. Wow. Into the city to be, to get resupplied. And then you see other folks coming into, I mean, and, and then you see every complexion of person Every every eye shape, every hair texture, anything you can imagine, and the combination thereof. Wow! Because they're coming from Europe, they're coming from Africa, and they're coming from the from the uh, from, uh, from, uh, from from the Asian continent as well. And so they're all are there, you know. Wow. And it's, it was uh, it was quite an education. That's awesome. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, traveling is a gift of education that you don't want to deny your your, your children. Uh, I've already been thinking through steps to get my kids to different places because I know how much as I was, I was in high school before I got on a plane. Right. I went to a, a, a workshop conference of the young congressmen for a national youth leadership conference in Washington, D.C. Had to wear a suit every day. Uh, had to debate bills and write bills and got to sit in Congress and debate on the floor. And it gave me an experience. And when I came back and studied uh, AP government, it was so easy because I knew not only what I had read about, but what I experienced. Yes. And so for you, I'm sure the geography of Turkey and France and Germany, when you have lived there, knowing where those places are on the map and uh, seeing the world outside of a U.S. perspective, right. I think is always beautiful. And with Austin growing so uniquely from an international perspective, um, my pastor basically said, we don't have to go to the world because the world is coming to Austin, you know? And so when you go to different parts of our city, you are seeing um, just the diversity of the city from an international perspective that is exciting uh, as well. Well, we're gonna close out with a couple of questions about your future. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? When you think about the end of your career and then at the end of your life, like what would you want your legacy to be? Well, you know, I've, um, I've you know, I didn't talk about my uh, my calling into the into the gospel. I, I am a preacher of the gospel. Uh, I'm a licensed ordained minister, and so you know 
the, doing economic development and, and preaching the gospel are the two things I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, they both help. They both help the human uh, person that is here. Uh, and in my preaching, I, you know, I'm able to uh, help them in their moral compass in, in their drive and where they're going and to and to help them in the things that they do and how they look at other folks and how they treat other people uh, as well as where they go in terms of their everlasting life okay because there is a life after this you know right. and so uh i'm able to do that so it's it, you know economic development i'm helping them in their current life you know but in the gospel and helping them in the ever, in everlasting life and so those are the two things i really want to do i, I just want to help people get from point a to point b you know, and uh, if I can help in some kind of way, get them along the way, uh, I, I, that's what I want to do. I mean, you know, we deal with, I mean, my pro, I'm all about being effective in my programs. You know, I have to deal with some folks who are efficient, okay? But efficiency has its place. It does. But if efficiency is all that we do and we're not being effective, guess what? We're not, we're not applying the things that we could. We're not helping that person who's sitting across that desk that says, hey, I need help. Can you help me? You know? So I want to be able to help folks. And so that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. So good, man. I think, you know, that that, that balance of meeting people's physical and spiritual needs is, is so much of what the Bible teaches about. Uh, you know, you see Jesus seeing that people are hungry. You know, that's he right. takes two fish, five loads, feeds them, and then that's he right. shares, shares the gospel. And so uh, that's a great combination of skills and gifts and positioning that you've been given. Uh, what would be? What would you say is next for you in Austin? As you think about how the next season in your life, what's next for you? Well, I don't know yet. I mean, I you know uh, I, I leave that up to I leave it up to the Lord to uh, guide and order my footsteps. Um, I uh, you know I'm always open for opportunities. Uh, you know, maybe opportunity, more opportunities at the city of Austin uh, that I'm looking uh, forward to. Uh, you know, and uh, or someplace else. I'm not sure yet, but. Uh, you know, wherever I'm going, it's always going to be dealing with economic development and, and dealing in, in, you know, preaching the gospel. Those are the two things I want to do. So I won't be too far from that. Whatever, wherever I, wherever I go, I won't be too far from that. Right. And probably an administration into the business somewhere, working for a city or county or whatever that may be. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, where can people find you if they want to hear more about you, if they want to invite you to preach at their church, if they want to uh, get you on their podcast? Uh, where, where can people find you? You can find me at, uh, I, I can give you, uh, um, I'll give you my private email address for, for those who want to, you know, invite me to, uh, you know, to preach dustymc7 at gmail.com. D-U-S-T-Y-M-C, the number seven at gmail.com. All right. Oh. And uh, that's, that's a way you can get to me. Uh, is, that's, that's, you got it, you got it perfectly. Um uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn as well. I can easily be found easily on LinkedIn. Joseph C. Dusty, and just, and just leave it at that, and you'll find me. You know, right. uh, and they can connect with me there uh, as well. You know, uh, but uh, if you want, with regard to the city of Austin, uh, my number is five one two nine seven four six three nine zero. Love to talk to you about business. Love to talk to you about how to how we can help you in your business. Um, love to uh, introduce our programs to you. Introduce you to our others staff members that we have because we have some brilliant staff members uh who are doing great and wonderful things and they're they're just as committed to, uh, just as, as i am you know and so we uh we like we like doing that and so we'd love to be able to uh to talk to someone about uh, uh their business endeavors and where they want to go 
That's great. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Uh, I did want to reiterate the website you talked about, uh, ATX Recovers. Go there and get access to the resources that are available. So many people in our community don't take advantage of resources that are out there and they go unused or people get them who may not fully need them. So please, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to be able to get the help, uh, support to invest in you while you're developing your business it's in this season, you want to take advantage of that. Uh, also, just appreciate your educational journey, your life story uh, that so many people, I believe, can relate to and the commitment you've had over the last number of years to the city of Austin. Uh, and so look forward to the ways that you will impact the city in the days ahead. Uh, we do want to let you know uh, this broadcast podcast is aired every Friday on my YouTube, on Facebook uh, and on Twitter at 8.30 a.m. And so if you know of people in Austin that you think we should be interviewing about what's good in Austin in the education area, faith, uh, fame, somebody who's famous, uh, also uh, community, <laughs> community and uh, the business sector, those are the ones we're focusing on on a monthly basis. And uh, we look forward to having uh, more individuals uh, pop on. So we want to encourage you. Uh, my book is coming out. Uh, so you go to coreytabercom slash book launch. Okay. Take advantage of uh, the new book that is coming out, Prioritize for Your Purpose, Ordering Your Life to Be Extraordinary. Uh, it is going to be a life-changing resource to help people discover why they're here and how they can maximize their life and make it happen. And then uh, I want to definitely encourage you to go and uh, subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, everyone, go ahead and Go to uh, Spotify, go to iTunes, go to Google, uh, all of the different uh, channels that are out there, platforms that are out there in order to be able to get your option to West Good Austin. So this is Corey Tabor, your host, the Purpose Partner. And until next time, remember to love your family, be a good neighbor and make a deposit in someone else's life.